0: Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator. And
1: Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from an absolutely spectacular campsite overlooking gorgeous Lake Mead.
0: Yes, but since we left you last, when we were just a bit tipsy there on New Year's Year's Eve, Eve, and we were in Lubbock, Texas, where the gentleman had to plow out our campsite because of the snow. Oh, do we remember that? In the last month, we've had a wide variety of different climates that we've gone through, and I think we've learned a lot (laughs) in terms of what we want to do in the winter.
1: Well, it's... You say we've learned a lot. To yeah. me, it's stuff we should have remembered well, from the yes. last time <laughs> we've had these experiences.
0: Well, we do have this problem. Of-
1: because as as Midwesterners, we look at the map and we say, I'm going south, south? so it should right. get warm. And when you're out here in the west, the critical factor isn't whether you're north or south, but the elevation.
0: Yes, the elevation. The high desert means that it's going to be cold, which a lot of people appreciate in the in the summertime. But we have found that south and high means cold. And if we wanted to be cold, we could have stayed home. <laughs> so our route uh, took us from Lubbock, Texas, where we left you last time. And it was uh, below freezing and snow, although we didn't actually experienced the snow. We saw the aftermath Antific. of it. Our goal was to spend a couple of weeks in Las Cruces. Las Cruces. New Mexico. Because it looked it was further south than Tucson, where we'd spent a winter, and much further south than Phoenix and places like that. So we thought, "Way, well, hey, it's going to be really nice there. A university town yes. like Tucson is, so we thought we'd see some culture. And, and it wasn't quite as far away from home, so we could, you know...
1: Quit s- driving a little sooner. Yes.
0: But uh, we arrived there, of course, uh, somewhat late because of the delay in departure, and this is where we learned that high desert is not the place you want to be in the winter. Every
1: night you had to go out and coil up the oh, water hose yes. because you were afraid it was going to freeze, and it just wasn't that pleasant to be outside. No,
0: it wasn't. We couldn't sit outside, and it was uh, not that much to do in Las Cruces.
1: And even the things there were to do, they have apparently a highly regarded farmer's market on Wednesdays and Saturdays, <laughs> and we went on Wednesday, and I think there were less than (laughs) 10 vendors there uh, from the advertised 300 Yes, and I realized that a farmer's market is not going to have a lot of fresh goods in January but even so, it was somewhat of a disappointment to us because we wanted to
0: be outside. Well, and we wanted to be part of the tourist season and we were obviously much early to be part of the tourist season and people would say, well, you're going to go there and it's going to be cold there's going to be snow and yeah, they were right. There was! (laughs) But us crazy Midwesterners don't learn these things quickly. I think one of the things we have said several times in the past, and maybe we should go back to listening to our own podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you, dear listener,
0: will hopefully hear this and uh, pay attention because we're obviously not. But uh, we've said that January is the month you kind of just go and sit because traveling around is very iffy. And what have we been doing?
1: Traveling traveling around.
0: (laughs) So, we went from Las Cruces. We did do some kind of interesting things there. We went to the National Monument there. White Sands. White Sands. Which is Uh, spectacular. But once again, we could hardly get out of the car because it was windy and cold. But White Sands is well worth a half-day visit, I would say, or more, if... There were ranger activities to do on hikes. You could probably even spend more time there. And we
1: should also add that we had a very nice long afternoon with local listeners who live oh, in Las right. Rises, yes. who... Who took us around? If it hadn't
0: been for them, we would have really had to yeah, struggle and, for and things to do. Yeah, and took us to a
1: wonderful restaurant that involved a lot of driving on their part, and we're very grateful to them for um, interrupting their schedule and adopting yes. us for an afternoon and showing us their city, which they obviously love very
0: much. Yes, and uh, we have actually had several good experiences with uh, you, our listeners, and we always appreciate seeing you in a campground near us. We've actually had people in our campground near us, and that from. Las Cruces, we went to the National Monument, who I can't pronounce. No, it's like La Cucaracha.
1: La something like that. It's in far southeastern we, Arizona, we, and we camped in Wilcox and drove there because there were no campgrounds of of a magnitude that could house our motorhome in that national monument. And again, a spectacular <laughs> canyon, um, great rock formations, but pretty much covered with snow. And we were there. literally
0: so we're driving up and up and up. And the snow just kept getting more and more on the road. And then the roads closed because it's snow. And then at the top, we made a snowman. So that was a very interesting experience. So it looks like
1: a park we still need to go back to. <laughs> but there but were other in, people there. But not in January. It had very nice hiking trails, um, but they were too icy. We didn't want to chance them.
0: Of... And Wilcox turned out to be not much of a, of a city to visit, um, We just hung around and went to a restaurant or two.
1: Well, to be fair, we've done a number of other interesting things in that area, mm -hmm. um, and so we didn't need to do them again. I don't want to make people think that Wilcox isn't a good place to stop. So we started
0: to look at the weather forecast, and we saw that Tucson was actually uh, substantially warmer, which surprised us a little bit, but... Once again, it's because it's lower, right? And uh, when you go lower, you get warmer. And so we went to Tucson where we spent a little bit more time than we had planned on spending because of the good weather. (laughs) We had good weather, but uh, as the reports came in from people like uh, Nick at the Gypsy Journal, who had spent a couple weeks before we got there, uh, we knew that the weather in Tucson had not been good. It had been raining and cold and oof. But for us... Tucson turned out to be a really good place to be.
1: And it seems like uh, the people who had emailed us early in the winter and said, <laughs> why didn't you just go back to the campsite that you purchased in Florida where it's nice and yes, warm yeah. and, and made us kind of question our planning, now we feel good about it because we're seeing reports that Florida is cold and rainy as well. Just confirming what we already knew, which is in January you need to hunker down wow. somewhere and just stay put and you will have good days and bad days. It's just the way the winter is in our country.
0: Yes, but we continue with our plans. We stayed at the KOA in uh, Tucson because uh, that's a very nice campground for a temporary stay. And they have done something really interesting. They have put up 3,500 solar panels in the park. There are platforms that are about 35 feet high and so RVs park under the solar panels. It's very cool to see and those 3,500 panels make enough electricity to run the park.
1: And more?
0: Well they said 150 Uh houses uh but I don't know if Uh that's in addition to what the Uh park needs.
1: And certainly if you were there in warmer weather than we were there um, the shade that those solar panels provide would make that a nice Camp site to be in. We were not under the panels. 30 of the sites are be, under the panels, yeah, right? Yeah. And
0: of course, she got her 50 amps reliably yes. from the sun.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, And of course, the other thing about that location (laughs) was that it was very good to begin working on some of our home improvement projects because Camping World was right there. And we had some issues that we left home with that it was too cold to work on when we were at home. And you know where all the hardware stores are, Camping World is nearby, and we were able to begin. Fixing and changing out some things that were
0: on the list for home repair. Such as? The toilet. Do we want to talk about the toilet
1: again? <laughs> we ranted and raved about Our, the toilet once the, before. Sorry, dear listeners, we are
0: toilet aholics. holics
1: <laughs> well, there's, there's nothing worse than thinking about boondocking in your immediate future and having a toilet that only flushes when it feels like it.
0: <laughs> it's very dis- Everybody is saying- what do you mean toilet flushes what it, only when it wants to? An RV toilet is the simplest machine around. You have a valve which opens into a tank and the water goes and it falls down into the tank after it is deposited into the toilet. What could be more simple than that?
1: You're ranting and raving again. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So we were, what, five minutes away from Camping World, and you went on YouTube and watched the movie, and people said that it would take you from five to 20 minutes to swap out this very deluxe toilet that doesn't work well. And, of course, most... With an old-fashioned, just-open-the-lever-and-gravity-takes-care-of-your-business
0: type toilet. And, of course, most toilets, people replace them because RVs have kind of a, a habit of having small toilets and they're plastic and so people replace them with more sophisticated porcelain toilets but they all basically work the same way except for ours i don't know what dometic was thinking of i've never seen another toilet like this dometic no no longer makes this toilet as far as i can tell <laughs> rightly so and it had a it had a motor which would go as it opened and closed the valve with an electric motor so we had to have electricity for the toilet Not only had it, did it have to be plumbed But it had electricity And you said that it we tended to use more
1: water sure Into not. our black tank Than we had when we were doing it manually In our old motorhome Which
0: could be an issue if you're trying to be conservational. So when you push the button, it opened an electric valve which let water in, and it then opened the slider valve which dropped the poop into the tank. So are we going on too much about
1: this? Yes, yes. The Bottom line is, (laughs) when we went to Camping World and got the new Simple Toilet, none of the fittings fit in the old fittings. Both your water connection was not correct no. and your connection to Took the Took us floor. hours
0: and hours.
1: So 5 hours later we and 3 hardware stores later we still we had a functional toilet but it was not, not right,
0: firmly attached to the floor and it's still not firmly attached to the floor. So what turned what was going to be an easy job has turned out to be something that's kind so of So this long-term. is a
1: home improvement project that is still in
0: progress. But something that did go well was the shade motor replacement.
1: Right before you left home, you yes. tried to put up the shades so you could drive out of our storage space, and the shade did not respond to your On the front
0: window, you got the shades down, and you can't drive with the stupid shade down. But so. this
1: problem was temporarily solved with Bungee Cords, the RVer's best friend. Yes. And when you called MCD in Texas, and we wanted to stop by and have them fix it, But they gave their employees the whole holiday week off. Uh, God bless them. So they sent you the motor and said, do it yourself. And so you did. And they sent
0: me a sheet of instructions. And so you did. And it only cost me one phone call to them in order to get it repaired. So that went pretty well. And that was with uh, a team effort with the RV navigator and And the co-pilot working diligently to replace. And now the shade works good.
1: (sighs) And the last issue that I can recall that we worked on in Tucson was replacing our batteries. Oh. I cannot tell you how many hours Ken has ruminated and fretted <laughs> about this topic. He's dragged me to every store in the universe that sells batteries. And <laughs> we stand there and we read the at the labels battery. and we look at them and we pick them up and we
0: see how much they weigh and... It has just been an ordeal. When you're all electric, battery power is important. And our batteries were five years old. And I have talked about this and taken input from listeners and done lots of research on the Internet. And... I was going to go with the lithium ions, but that turned out to be a $4,000 boondoggle when you can't charge them when it's below freezing. Yeah,
1: some of you have given us mixed reviews, and if we're going to spend that much money, we want perfection, I think.
0: Lithium ion have definite advantages, but I don't think they're quite ready for prime time just yet. Uh, I think what's going to happen is is that they're going to start installing batteries in the living areas because they're small enough to do that, and then they'll be heated and they will not have to worry about this coal thing, and that's apparently what they do with cars: is is that uh, lithium ion batteries in cars are actually heated. So that I decided was not uh, a, a very good solution because they ours are definitely in a in a bay that's very exposed, and they have to be because they they the current they batteries vent. outgas; yeah. and they have to vent. So, AGM. AGMs are at least twice as expensive. and In actuality, they have almost no extra capacity. They do have some some advantages for some people, but I didn't feel that they had... Those
1: are the ones that are sealed, where you don't have to put the water in and check the levels.
0: Right, and they don't outgas. I thought they had a little
1: more capacity than...
0: Uh, be very minor. Uh Not the, not than the higher capacity wet cells. Oh, oh.
1: So, so so we did find some of those at home, but but we need eight, and our local Sam's. Well. Did not have eight. So then we went to the Sam's. I wasn't going to do
0: it at home because it was too cold.
1: So then we went to the Sam's in Tucson. Tucson. And they had
0: eight, but they varied in In age age, um, over a year. So they've been sitting on the shelf at the Sam's. They have two... Sam's actually makes two different kinds. The 232 amp and the 208 amp, which is about five pounds difference in lead, (laughs) literally. And... We went to the Sam's, and they sell Energizer, and they had eight of these guys, but they were just all over the the ballpark in terms of age, and I didn't want to buy a year-old battery. I mean, I was replacing five-year-old batteries. Why should I buy one that's already a year old? And it was pretty clear to us from talking
1: to the guy who worked there that they replaced them as they sell them, and so that was going to continue (laughs) to be the case no matter what Sam's we went to. So that drove us to Costco, a store we had also visited many times before, spending hours looking at their batteries.
0: And, and their golf cart batteries were the standard 208-amp, 6-volt, of course, and we needed eight of them.
1: And they had them, and, and they, they were eight, all brand-new? And they were
0: all uh, 116, so they were manufactured this month in January of 2016. So and they were much cheaper. $84 each, as opposed to 124 So I thought, eh, the extra 10% of battery capacity... Versus twenty five percent price increase,
1: but now you have to monitor the water
0: levels. I would have with either size. Oh, I just fine. I was just going to get the bigger uh-huh. lead acid batteries. Mm-hmm. So we bought eight of these guys at sixty seven pounds each. Loaded them into the back of the Jeep and brought them to the motorhome.
1: This poor old man had to lift and carry the eight new batteries, the eight old batteries. Then he had to take the old batteries back to the Costco to be returned and recycled. I'm in awe at All your strength right. and energy. <laughs>
0: right. Well, the, the biggest thing was taking pictures of the way we were wired up so we could actually put them back where we got them. And my big job was
1: scrubbing the corroded terminals and wires so that we would have a nice. Right.
0: So we wanted to put them back all nice and clean. So we cleaned all the contacts and and I have to say that uh, these new batteries have uh, acquitted themselves very well. They are definitely an improvement in terms of uh, the current capacity. I'm sure they will diminish as time goes on, but they were definitely better. And so we did need new batteries. It's hard to tell sometimes whether new batteries. Well, they taper
1: off on a gradual. Way it's they hard our, to notice. Right,
0: unlike lithiums, which go for. The, we won't talk about that. But we know, we know. <laughs> and so, dear listener, I'm sure you will have comments about this and that we cheaped out, but still, I mean, it was uh, over $800 for a new set of batteries, but this will keep us going for the next five years or so, and then maybe lithiums will be reasonable at that time. So then we headed to Quartzite to where we
1: went to the RV show and boondocked and saw how well our new batteries would work, and at the RV show you found potentially a problem solver for the watering of the
0: batteries, because some of them are well, kind of th- in the back and hard these have been around for a long time, on. but I. the biggest problem with these kinds of batteries is, is that you have to keep w- the water level accurate, and our battery compartment is not easy to get at when the slides are out. As a matter of fact, I have to put the slide in in order to check the water level of the batteries. So, so anyway, uh, I... I looked around for an automatic watering system and lo and behold at Quartzite there was uh, a watering system sold, but... They didn't make it for six eight, batteries, so I have it eight, eight, batteries. eight batteries. They only made it for six, so I had to uh, order the eight battery capacity. I'm not sure why there's much difference in that, or it just seems like adding a couple. Maybe of extra not that batteries. many
1: people need them. Yeah, but I do mean, all electric coaches generally come with lithium? Six batteries? or eight? No, none come. No, none come yet. with lithium. Not no. yet. No.
0: So anyway, the bottom line is, is that uh, I'm now going to have all my problems, battery problems, solved because I'm going to have a watering system, which I just go out there and psh, 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 do the. Bulb a couple of times every couple of weeks, and it automatically senses, senses and fills the batteries to the proper level. So that's been kind of a pain, but and that's costing about two hundred dollars. <laughs> so by not Adding buying to the battery costs, yeah, 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 but not buying the high capacity batteries and not buying the AGMs, I'm actually coming out substantially ahead here.
1: Okay. <laughs> I thought about that when you were I'm not, about it. I'm really not know. sure if
0: the Finance Committee is really playing all this.
1: <laughs> it's been a hard decision to make. I guess that's what we're really saying.
0: And I think we're just kind of going with what we have because it's worked and it works pretty good
1: another problem that we are going to be researching for months and i imagine you'll be hearing about it till you're sick of it is if you um, not already uh, our satellite dish and our internet connection oh yeah as you know if you've listened any time at all we've had a satellite dish that gives us a good connection to tv and internet once ken has twiddled a little around with it for a long time it used to be more automatically aiming itself but that's become problematic and we've had this same dish on three different rigs and it's over 10 years old and we're wondering if it's time to do something else which then leads to the question of what it is we should be doing.
0: Well, I think the idea that cell phone is really becoming, cell data is really becoming viable and it's fast and it's uh, very widely available. I think you've been impressed. This is the first trip where you've actually used data on the road and we've been impressed with how often we find LTE.
1: As I, as we've been driving around, I just pull
0: my phone out and look at it
1: every so often. And with the exception of a drive we took around Lake Mead, which has some very unpopulated areas, um, we've had good signals almost it's, all the time.
0: Which gives us uh, the promise that we can use LTE as our primary source for data. It costs about the same as the satellite Internet, and it's much faster. And as many of you have said, it's uh, commonly available. And... <laughs> we went, after, went to the uh, Verizon booth at, at Quartzsite, and I said, well, maybe I should get a MiFi. you know, one of the Wi-Fi access points that has cell phone connectivity built into it. And they said, well, do you have a phone or a, a, an iPad that has a, a cell phone connectivity? And I said, yeah, of course. And they said, well, just turn on the tethering. And so I've been tethering, uh, and I'm tethering right now, and... That works, and they said, "Well, that works better than a MiFi anyway." So I don't have to buy another device, which means that I don't have to pay the extra ten dollars a month for, for the device. For another device, because and it, we've I've had good luck with the tethering to my phone. It's convenient, but, but
1: we still will need a satellite dish for the TV. Right.
0: So then, while we were in Quartzsite, and for those of you who are not familiar with Quartzsite, Quartzsite is the largest RV show in the country. Is not- it really? Well, not, not for RVs, but for RV stuff. Is it really? Oh.
1: It felt like the Tampa one was bigger.
0: To oh, you. no, not by any means. Okay. I don't think. I mean, the number of vendors in Quartzsite is just incredible.
1: Well, and it's kind of hard to quantify because yes. there's a big main tent uh, where where those people are specifically there for the show. But then there are a lot of what I'd call satellite vendors. Um, the, the, there's the main mall and the strip malls. And many of those people are selling RV things. And they might be there for the whole winter because so many RVs well, and the, and, and the, are there
0: all right. winter. And they're selling all sorts of household products and other things, little gizmos and gadgets and things that you like. I bought strips of uh, button-sized batteries, you know, which you didn't never see in, in Florida and you can, unless you go to a flea market. And then you so go, this is a flea market and RV show combined. Yeah, which makes it big. And we enjoyed looking at the – in the big tent, they had lots of displays of uh, campgrounds. And we have already chosen some campgrounds based on good deals we got there.
1: And both this time yeah, and last time there were special offers from people who were... Trying to promote, yes, um, people staying in their campgrounds. So exactly. we've, we've gotten a very
0: good deal on one that we'll be talking about next month. Right, and you're you staying will, there for a week for a hundred dollars or something. Yeah, and that's, that's really nice. it looks so. Like there were, one. so if you're thinking about going to places <laughs> around the area, there were a number of uh, good deals promotions that where they're trying to get you to come and stay. The other thing that surprised me there, not that we are
1: interested in it, was how many places were recruiting work oh, campers. Yes, yeah. uh, there were a lot Of job offers in Alaska and Amazon, of course, was there, and and various campgrounds that were hiring seasonal help uh, for probably the summer. So, if you are interested in doing a little earning of money while you are camping, so
0: once you've bought your RV. Then, maybe going to quartzite is really the thing to do at least once in your experience. You should go there because it 's a it's, unique place it 's a unique place and I think we think about deserts as sand with some cactuses stuck in the middle. But the quartzite desert is truly unique it 's BLm land Bureau of Land management, and they allow free camping on the land and literally you can camp any place you want to so Lots of, uh, groups of people get together and they form a wagon circle and they have a, a nice camping experience together. People move in, move out. And because there's no reservations or anything, you just pick a spot and, and camp. And so we did exactly that. Um, because we were only there for three days, we decided not to join any of the groups because we wanted to be intensively at the RV show and not be and distracted see it all. and see it all because it's low desert. Yes,
1: yes. We were nice it's and warm. It's warm. We were nice and warm there. And,
0: of course, Quartzite is only someplace you go in the middle, literally, in the dead of winter. Although I have to say that since, since
1: we've been going there, I saw more homes being built there uh-huh. and a few more businesses. Yeah, and a lot more campgrounds. This is a town that, in the low season, in the summer, has about 3,000 residents. And in the winter, when we were just there, there are over 100,000 brigs camped in the desert. When you come on... I 10 over, over the that hill, and look down at it. It looks it like going like to a major metro area. Yeah. But But it's it's all all campers. It's
0: all these rigs and circles that are uh, enjoying each other's company.
1: And for folks like us who are pretty well equipped with water and electricity, boondocking for a few days was no problem. But if you want to go there with less capacity, there are what they call RV pit stops in town Uh where you can go and dump and take on fresh water. Uh, Electricity is still an issue. We see a lot of people with solar equipment there who are planning on keeping their batteries topped off that way. And we were happy with our solar, and that it kept us topped off
0: when the sun was out. You'd think that going in doing boondocking would be something that people would do in fairly small RVs that are self contained. But in actuality, when you go into the desert there, you see lots of big motorhomes like ours, lots of big fifth wheels, because they're the ones that are equipped for long term boondocking. I mean, because we carry 100 gallons of water, we can easily go for a week or so and live pretty normally. Because we have the solar panels, things uh, can be kept charged up. And because, because we have we a generator, have- we can keep things charged up even when the, the weather's not good and the solar panels don't do their job. So a motorhome like ours or a big fifth wheel are all the rage for camping in the desert. So what happens? <laughs> you go into quartzite and... The town is not much, but you could drive in any one of the four directions on the frontage road or on the highway that leads out, um, not I-10. But if you go on the frontage road and there will be people, I mean, not just a few, but hundreds of RVs and you just pull off the road. Uh, we pulled a couple hundred yards off the road and that's where we camped. You just have to be careful that you don't camp in a wash because you wouldn't want to uh, be washed away in if there's a flash flood, but rarely does it rain. And so you just set up camp. And people are parked this way and that way and every which way. We were camped with, there were about five or six other rigs within 200 yards or, I don't know, a, 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 a close to us, but we didn't interact with them. But they were there uh, doing their camping thing. You try to stay far enough away so your generator doesn't bother other people. But this is not desert in terms of sand and cactus. This is desert that's very hard-packed stone. Uh, Most of the stones are small so it's almost like gravel. And then it's very hard-packed dirt. (laughs) I have these solar lights that I put out to kind of mark our spot. And I couldn't get the, the spikes into the ground because the ground is so hard. So you can drive, your big motorhome, your big fifth wheel, whatever you got on these um, surface of the of the desert. No worries. No, Literally, no worries. You just don't, nobody gets stuck there.
1: And people take the little rocks and build themselves fire rings. rings. So if you are like me and have to have s'mores every so often when you go camping, it was easy to have a campfire. And out here in the West, especially since it's been so dry the last few years, many campgrounds, including some state parks, forbid campfires. And we haven't had as many of those as we would like. But in Quartzsite, you just do your own thing.
0: Everybody is out in the desert. And I think we were pretty amazed. Um, We were there kind of at the end of the show. So there was quite a few people who had left, uh, which is one of the reasons we didn't uh, join one of the the groups that was there. Um, And we found very little trash. I mean, there was almost no evidence that people were there other than the fact that there were tracks
1: and there's no trash bins. There's, there's nowhere no tra- to no put your trash. I mean, this you is, have to pack it is, in and pack it out again. This is
0: true boondocking. There's no <laughs> bathrooms. There's no pit stops. There's, I mean, in, in the desert itself. Uh, so you have to be totally self-contained. And from what we saw, there's very little uh, trash or damage. There are, I don't want to call them roads exactly, but there are areas where people drive regularly. You can see where it. Where you turn off and, uh, <laughs> and then drive into the desert. And, of course... Uh, one time, we came to the point where we almost lost our RV.
1: That was before we really had reliable G- GPS. Right.
0: So, one of the things you want to do is to absolutely mark your spot. mark your spot with your GPS so that you can find it again. Because the desert looks like the desert. You could go north, south, east, or west, and it all looks exactly mm-hmm. the same. So- no landmarks. So uh, this is a fun experience and something you should give it a try. Also at the show are all sorts of people selling RV products, as we mentioned. And we had our tow bar repaired because Blue Ox was there. And Martha really enjoys Pender, Nebraska. Pender. Pender. (laughs) And why would we go to Pender, Nebraska?
1: Well, that was the last time we tried to get our tow bar refurbished. And and instead of that, they sold us a new one because it was in such bad shape. And we spent some time in Pender.
0: But rather than going to Pender, you can go just to Quartzite where the all the Pender repair guys were and they were working on Blue Ox uh, refurbing re- refurbing. And the Blue Ox tow bar, I was surprised they told me it only lasts between 80 and 100,000 miles. Ours was in good shape. It cost 30 bucks to have all new moving parts put in it and even though it's been to
1: Alaska and back as well as on this
0: coach. Right. And that's something we've moved from coach to coach, so it was good to have it uh, looked at and maintained based on the, the factory standards, and that's something else you could have done in quartzite. We also looked at, uh, she mentioned the satellite dish. And this is a tough call. How many of you guys have the little traveler from Weingard as your primary satellite dish? Of course, if you have an in-motion dish, you don't get high definition, and of course... For us, high definition is absolutely critical. For you. And we're looking at 4K in the not-too-distant future. Not really. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> not really. Well, I think this TV a man in the wall can here... dream. Man, oh, <laughs> the Finance Committee puts its foot down. Anyway, as she said, we were looking at satellite dishes. I have thought about replacing, and I don't know how exactly how I'm going to do it, but it was nice to shop for them. And if you are looking for a satellite dish, whether you are DISH or DirecTV or you're in Canada and you Shaw, you might want to take a look at the RV Mogul. We had uh, a friend of ours on the caravan last fall have the RV Mogul. I was very impressed with its capabilities. It's very fast. It, <laughs> it's the opposite of our current dish. Rather than taking an hour to find the satellites, this takes about 20 seconds to find the satellites. And it had very good reach. Because as you become uh, closer to the edges of the satellite footprint, you need a bigger and bigger satellite dish in order to receive good Direct TV, in particular, uh, you have to receive several satellites and a lot of transponders. So that having a big dish is uh, a major plus. I was very impressed with their capabilities. The Mogul, not only is it... Uh, much lighter than the Little Traveler from Weingard but it also is faster and it's much lighter so that for somebody who might be installing it themselves on the roof, it makes it easier to get it up there.
1: Well, after you've lifted all those batteries, you should be in great shape. I should shape. do it now while
0: I'm in good shape.
1: Okay, I see. She's got projects for me already. And another thing that you worked on at Quartzite was continuing to replace our lights with LEDs. Oh, yes. Because they had a vast selection oh, of yeah, those. The
0: LEDs were huge there. And the prices were good? Well, or? yeah, they're coming down. I think we've just about replaced all of our interior lights with LEDs now now. So that once again saves on our batteries and when we boondock, and we'll be boondocking several more times uh, this winter, so we are looking forward to taking advantage of this saving in power. Uh, This coach has turned out to be very comfortable for boondocking, and I'm sold on the all-electric concept. Pleased and surprised. Pleased and surprised. It's and ready to well. admit
1: that you were wrong.
0: I live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing we saw at
1: Quartzsite, which blew my mind, you had been, you were aware of them, were these double tires
0: for? Oh yeah. People that I, have. I have to do some research on this, but the latest thing in truck tires is to have the normal dualies replaced by one large tire. This is a real plus uh, for RVers, too, but I have not seen this on any motorhome, or I have not seen this on any motorhome manufacturer with new motorhomes. It surprises me. I talked to a, a dealer who was uh, selling these, and the double-wide tire is you just take it off and put it onto the hub that's already there apparently and the tire is obviously substantially more expensive but you're only only buying one one. and at $450 per tire already um, you know this could be something of a savings although I wouldn't buy it as a savings it saves 400 pounds in weight
1: now what if you have a flat because I was always thinking with the dual that they still have one tire there to hold you up till you got a repair
0: when was the last time you had a flat hopefully never yeah well, actually, when was the last time we had a flat <laughs> last summer <laughs> in our in our front oh, yard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we have the the tag back there, but uh, truckers are going to this. If you look around, truckers are going to this big time because they are better get fuel mileage, much lighter weight, and overall less expensive. After you have to buy the rim, and he said though that he would buy my current rims back, so that there would be pretty much of a wash. But I have to definitely keep an eye on this. And any of you out there who have experience with the single tire that replaces the two tires in the back, let me know. I'd like to hear about this because we'll be replacing our tires in the next couple years anyway oh joy
1: this vendor was based in southern california uh, so i don't know if if this sort
0: of thing but, is available all over the company. oh yeah yeah but we see these tires now no, where
1: he'll take your rv tires yeah well i assume that, that
0: that's pretty standard i mean
1: That'd be nice.
0: You have to make a swap there someplace. And, and I'm surprised that manufacturers haven't put it out as part of the standard package, or at least as an option, I would think. And 400 pounds of saving. Each tire, 10,200 pounds capacity. So that's plenty for the back tires. We want to talk about the raffle.
1: Should we have put this at the top of the program? I uh, hope I, everybody's I guess still so. listening. <laughs>
0: Well, we're testing. Your fortitude. Your fortitude. The next thing on the agenda here is to talk about the big 10-year raffle, which which is near the end of the show here. Which we hinted at last month. Exactly. I'm sure
1: you've been waiting with bated breath to find out how you could win a free one-week stay at our campground at the Great Outdoors in Titusville, Florida during non-prime-time season. Right.
0: Or? A... GPS, which has been donated courtesy of Rand McNally. We very much appreciate their cooperation in in celebrating this big event for us, the 10-year anniversary of the RV Navigator podcast. They have donated a 7730, which is a Good Sam RV GPS, and... From what I've seen, it's worth about $350. So one lucky listener will get that. And as a consolation, we're also getting some atlases, printed atlases.
1: So if you enter the GPS raffle, that's also a possibility to win an atlas.
0: You might get an atlas. Print atlas. We're we're making two separate raffles here because you might want to enter one and not the other. If you're not interested in the TDO or if you already have a, a GPS, then... You probably don't want to enter the other one. So here are the instructions. And, of course, you can go to our website, read this, and enter right directly from there. But we're not experts in doing raffles.
1: We never give anything away. We're not
0: giving away some bumper stickers, though. We've tried to give away some bumper stickers, but we haven't.
1: We still have some left. We still have some left. So I think some people
0: were kind of thinking that we wouldn't have any left uh, after a couple of weeks, but we still have a few left. So we'd like to give them away. (laughs) We had a really good time sitting down and addressing envelopes uh, and putting stamps on them. So we want to talk about the big prizes. They are coming up here this month. You must enter by February 25th at midnight Pacific Standard Time because that's where we're going to be. November 25th. So you have all month. February three,
1: 25th.
0: By February 20 <laughs> We're not going to get any entries at all, are we? <laughs> People are going to say, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> by February 25th, at midnight on Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to close the entries. You enter by sending an email that contains your name and an email address. That's all it needs to contain, unless you want to put down some good words and comments. We're happy to read those, too. We're open to bribes. No, we're not open to (laughs) bribes. No, we have to be serious about this. Only one entry per person. Entries will only be taken... At the email that we have established for this purpose. You cannot send us to navigator at rvnavigator.com. We're happy to respond and correspond with you there, but that's not appropriate for this. To
1: enter the raffle, you must use the special email addresses. Right.
0: You must have an address in the United States or Canada.
1: So if you're interested in the GPS, you want to send your email to gps at rvnavigator.com. And if you're interested in, in the, the one-week one week flor- stay at the Great Outdoors at Titusville, Florida, you should send an email to TGO, that's Great Outdoors, at RVNavigator.com. And so if you want to enter both raffles, two fine. emails, if you just want one of those, oh, yeah. it's up to you. Yeah. We want you to get something that you want
0: to use. One entry per raffle per person. So you can enter, I'm going to do a random When I on on February 25th, I'm going to count up how many entries there are. Three, (laughs) and I will pick. If there are only three, I'll pick one out of a hat. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to use a random number generator, and it will choose one of the emails. And it will then we will then notify you and get your name and address so that Rand McNally can send you the GPS. GPS and or if you're lucky and win both, well, maybe there will be one enter, one person one entry. Person I- <laughs> We have no idea. We have no idea how this is going to work. But if you are lucky enough to win the TGO, then we will contact you. and Work it That will be between you and us, and we will give you the contact and the entry information for TGO, which is in Titusville, Florida. So we're hoping that you are excited about these, and we'll have thousands of entries before February 25th. There is no uh, benefit to entering early or late because it's going to be a random drawing. So right up until the end, you can enter. Is there anything else I need to say about that? About the raffle? I don't think so.
1: So as we're sitting here, I keep looking out the window at this beautiful view that we have here at Lake Mead. Our campground is inside the Lake Mead National Recreation Area. There are other campgrounds um, because it's a huge lake created by the Hoover Dam blocking the Colorado River. This looks like a place where you could have fun most any time of year. We understand that the busy time of year is in the summer when it's 110 degrees here, which is kind of hard to imagine. But there are bike trails and numerous water activities. You can rent a houseboat. This seems like a nice area for anybody who lives in the Las Vegas
0: area for sure. And we decided to come here, and we have not been to Las Vegas in the week that we've been here, which is very interesting. We are just staying in this recreation area, and they have pull-in sites for us motorhomers, and the pull-in sites have the most fantastic view of Lake mead it's just in the mountains behind it it's just incredible and i think you know that's one of the things we want to really consider when you're thinking about doing a a motorhome or an rv trip that you can stay in some places which are just unaccessible otherwise for very little money we have two options here one is the full hookup which we took which the pull-in sites. And then right next door to us is a National Park Service campground, and it is uh, boondocking, but just as, as elegant.
1: And as we've been enjoying these views, it's dawned on us that if you were doing a car trip and were, had, had to stay in a hotel, there really aren't any
0: not really close by and certainly none that would offer you the view that we're getting and we've had several experiences on this trip we have stayed at Catalina State Park which is just north of Tucson just north of Tucson which is fabulously beautiful water and electric hookups very nice campsites for 30 bucks a night
1: And views where you would just sit in a lawn chair with a glass of wine and enjoy watching the sun setting over the mountains and the changing shadows as it does. Spectacularly beautiful. And we also stayed once again at another favorite, Lost Dutchman State Park in Gold Canyon in the Phoenix area. Um, Again, spectacular views. Each one has a different kind of desert, which is something we didn't appreciate when we were at home looking at the cornfield. So if you're into plants, this is not barren by any means. Really have enjoyed being able to be in nature with all the comforts of home.
0: And she's had s'mores.
1: Many times.
0: Many times because we bring our firewood and we have tasty s'mores around the campfire overlooking the mountains. It is spectacular. I'm going to put some of the pictures on our episode webpage and just for you to see. If you are thinking about RVing, if you're thinking about retiring, if you're thinking about the lifestyle that we are enjoying, then you might want to use this as a consolidation. This is, this is really what RVing and camping is about, and that's seeing the, the territories. We are going to be staying in, in Las Vegas in a week or so, but we're here out in the boondocks for a week, and we've really had a good time and just enjoying the area. And we're going to go on a nice bike ride this afternoon because it's The first 70 degree day may be today or tomorrow that we've had since last fall. So the weather is finally getting good here at the end of January and we will be enjoying even much more outdoors activities as the, the days go along here.
1: While we were in Tucson, we visited friends from home who have decided to make Tucson their home and they chose a beautiful home. And as you know, we like Tucson very much, but made me think again about this lifestyle versus relocating or having a second home. With our motorhome, we can always be where the weather is beautiful, where the scenery is interesting. Um, When we've had enough of the wilderness and we need an urban fix, we can go camp in a city as we're going to do in a few weeks when we go back to Las Vegas. It's a lifestyle where you can always be where you want to be comfortably.
0: I think it's reasonably priced, which is also Im- important. They spent on their house in Tucson, they spent a fair amount of money on the house and as she says it's it's very uh, fixed. We spent a fair amount of money on our coach here, but we can travel around. And I'm going to put up on the website a comparison graphic that compares a RV trip to a hotel trip. And I think those of you who have done this will understand the the benefits of doing it as an in an R V. We had a couple who were staying next to us last night and they were from Canada and they were envious of our lifestyle and they were anxious to they were renting an R V and Testing it out and decided that uh, I think they were going to go with the RV because it's the way to see the country and the way to see the world. If you're interested in just going and sitting, well, that's a, that's a different set of situation. But in this scenario, in this graphic that I just mentioned, the RV vacation saves eighteen hundred and eight dollars, and we certainly appreciate that. As we drive down the road, um, we think that we're getting a pretty big bargain for our money. And if you're the kind
1: of person who spends a lot of time- time in your camper visiting people and are friendlier than we are i very much like when we do visit people that we are not imposing on them right. uh, when we visited our friends in tucson we spent some nice time together but we knew that they didn't have to clean the sheets and prepare meals for us when we went to the phoenix area we visited a friend there same thing when she had time for us we spent time together had a nice dinner but we were not imposing on her and, and not I, only
0: that but we could invite them over for dinner to our house to our house house and they had a a good time and so we could reciprocate in terms of uh, the entertaining aspect of it and we had we have a nice TV and a nice sound system and we can enjoy uh, all sorts of entertainment with our, our friends too so that's another nice benefit. Of course, the RV Navigator expands our reach dramatically. And at the campground in Catalina, a gentleman comes up, Dave comes up and says, I'm in a campground near you. That's <laughs> the same thing we always say. And it's really fun to meet people who share the, the RV lifestyle. And they uh, were full-timers, and they were enjoying Catalina just as we were. We are really enjoying the RV lifestyle and this winter. It's uh, been very heartening to, to meet many of our listeners. Who have read or listened or they look at our link and see where we are and, and find out that we are close by. As far as the rest of January, well, we're going to be right here in Lake Mead National Recreation Area, and then we're heading off to some interesting things because we're going to Lake Havasu for the Fireworks Festival. We're going to <laughs> we're going to Palm Springs for the Modernity. Conference, conference where we're going to go to the Vintage RV Show, which ought to be very interesting. And we are staying for a week in a couple of other places, which will be fun, which we picked up the literature at the Quartzsite RV, RV Show. So we didn't have plans before we got here, but uh, we are going to be doing some of the desert things in the not-too-distant future. So, although we have a lot of other things on the agenda here, I think the time is about over because we've been camping. We have a lot of so
1: personal camping experiences.
0: Right, so we'll put a few links up on the website that you might want to take a look at uh, for future reference, and we encourage you very much to contact us and to enter the raffle that we're going to be having
1: and, and help us celebrate ten. Help years Help us of celebrate the, the
0: ten years. Uh, you've made it successful because y- it's your comments and uh, the listener participation. Which makes this worthwhile to us. So, we are very happy to hear from you, and we hope that you enter the raffle. And one lucky winner will be the owner of a new GPS and a week at our campsite in Titusville, Florida. Unfortunately, we won't be able to go there because the site will be, you'll full. be there. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the only way we can camp there, is if well, we have quite a few listeners well, are already there. Who are so we there? might be. I mean, be able, we borrow your campsite. <laughs> I could borrow one of their campsites in order for us to stay and meet our, our listener, winner. listener winner. Yeah, that would be. Anyway. A shame if we
1: didn't get to see them. <laughs> we didn't think yeah, that, that through. No.
0: Well, yeah, but that's the way it works, I guess. Anyway, so uh, for the month of January 2016, we are. Well, actually, this is February of 2016. This is the podcast for that month. We are going to be hoping that We see you in a campground near us in the next month. Happy travels. Happy travels. See you soon.